the Breeders' Cup post-draw and morning line reaction edition of the Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added Pick'em Scorchers where you can win 100 times plus Every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to $500. We're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit HOFBets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Plus, the MMA Gambling Podcast just launched their YouTube channel, to celebrate, we're giving away an MMA Gambling Podcast hoodie. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash MMA hoodie for all the details. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTB, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And folks, as always, it's all good, baby, baby. Oh, it was all a dream. You okay? We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms. I've got my Cuban link on. Yes, Cuban B. Wolf of Oakland. I messed up my own intro. The Wolf of Oakland, Chase Sessoms. I got ice all over my body looking like a snowman. Big rocks in the grill, dancing like a slow jam. My chain's so heavy, I'm walking like an old man. Try me, you. And welcome to the show. I think I'm frazzled because, I mean, uh, for one, it's a Monday. I don't typically do shows on Monday, except for Breeders' Cup Week, where we're going to be bringing you a show every single damn day this week. Uh, Folks, before I can't wish it to you anymore, uh, only two more days I can do this. Happy month of popping Locktober. That's enough dilly dallying and celebrations of the month, but let's go ahead. Let's invite, invite our guest in here. Welcome him to the show. I've got his own walk up music, ladies and gentlemen. Hailing from the great state of New York, Andrew Champagne. Many men wish death upon me. Blood in my dog and I can't see. That's Andrew, pretty good, man. Thank you. Thank you. It uh it was the closest thing that I had in my existing sound drop clips that I could I could say fits uh has a theme uh in a hurry. Uh but welcome to the show, man. How you been? been doing okay uh pretty busy couple of weeks over here uh starting to get a little bit chilly up here in the bay area in northern california where i moved to about 10 years ago so if you hear a little bit of nasaliness in here blame the weather outside i think i'm officially finally becoming a california wimp when colder weather comes in it took 10 years chase had a good run but my body is now telling me human this is bullshit yeah, all the New York has just left your body at this. Not point. all of it. Not all of it. I am still a pizza snob. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I mean, hey man, I'm I'm in Arkansas. It it got like close to freezing last night, and now every part of my body hurts, Andrew. Yep. Every part of my body hurts. It sucks getting old, man. So, Andrew, what are we going to be talking about today? I figured you'd know. Oh, shit. Well, that probably would have been a good place to start planning out an episode. JK, LOL. All right. It is Breeders' Cup week. That means that they drew the Breeders' Cup cards. I got Andrew here because I feel like if anyone can uh, just drop some some purple 
old school like sports writer purple prose on me on these post draws. It's going to be my man Andrew Champagne. You wouldn't happen to have purple rain in your sound drop mix, would you? I I really don't know how I don't. I, especially for Breeders' Cup week, you could trot that out once a show. Yeah, I, I, I gotta have something. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna be digging through these while while we talk about them. But uh, that's a good call with uh, Purple Rain. I love the game. I love the hustle, man. Hey, I mean, the other thing you might want is, you know, in the event we all get destroyed at the windows, you could say that Breeders' Cup is a flying purple people eater. That's good. That's well, I mean, it was okay. It was okay. You know, we're, we're just trying to set the bar low so that's... that way we clear it with relative ease. But yeah, kidding aside, music references aside that I'm sure our listeners are pretty sick and tired of already. Breeders' Cup is upon us. They drew the races tonight. It was actually pretty cool how they did it. I spent about two and a half years in Pasadena, California as a resident. So it was pretty cool seeing that at the auditorium. I wasn't sure how that was going to come off. I thought Brittany Erton and Nick Luck did a great job moving things along. You're drawing that many races. It's going to take some time. I think they did that about as quickly and as efficiently as they possibly could. Now, with every Breeders' Cup and every Breeders' Cup draw comes speculation about certain horses being affected by certain post positions. Let me say this right now, for 90% of horses, the draw does not really matter. Given certain elements of the race, given running styles in each horse's individual quirks. For instance, with the Breeders' Cup Classic having such a long run into that first turn, it really doesn't matter what post you draw because you've got such a long run into that first turn to be able to establish whatever position you want, provided you break clean. So... It's not necessarily a deal breaker if there's a horse you like that drew the far outside post because they're going to have enough time to be able to get over. Now, there are certain races where that run into the first turn isn't all that long and far outside posts are not ideal. We'll talk about a couple of those. I've got a list of a few. So there are a couple of horses that did not luck out at the post position draw. And those are going to be the ones that I focus on because some of these horses chase are going to take some significant money. I think you bring up some, ex- in, you know, some excellent, interesting points here, which is uh, when it comes to kind of how the track is configured, when it comes to these caliber of horses and these caliber races, the, the track bias, which first of all, let's not act like we necessarily know what it's going to be ahead of time, but it doesn't necessarily affect these horses as much as it would like a, a lower level claimer. You have horses that are just good enough to outrun a track bias. The only thing that you can really kind of speculate at is if it's going to be deep on the rail, which I kind of think you can trust Santa and need it to be deep on the rail. But like you said, if we're looking at the Breeders' Cup Classic specifically, it's a mile and a quarter. And it's basically they have just a full quarter horse race before they actually hit the turn. Yeah, plenty of time to get where you need to be. Yeah, and I'm happy you mentioned the notion of track bias because I'm going to go Mythbusters on you for a minute because Santa Anita in the early 2010s when they hosted several Breeders' Cups in a row had the reputation of being a parking lot where if you got to the front early, chances are you were not getting caught unless the fractions were just cataclysmically stupid. That was not the case the last time the Breeders' Cup came to Santa Anita in 2019. There were seven Breeders' Cup races contested on the dirt. Two were won in wire-to-wire fashion. 
stormed the court, won yep. the juvenile at bonkers odds when Dennis's moment did not break. Yep. Spun to run, won the dirt mile, and put up a ridiculous figure in doing so. That was an outstanding effort by that horse. Three yep. were won by horses that I'd consider stalkers or pressers, and two were won by closers. British Idiom won the Juvenile Phillies. Blue Prize won the Distaff. That is as fair a track as you are ever going to see. The only real bias that was there, if you can even call it that, is that both turf sprints, the juvenile turf sprint and the turf sprint for older horses, were won in wire-to-wire fashion. Right. This is relevant because, much to the chagrin of some handicappers, uh, me, (coughs) the turf sprint races are going to be contested at five furlongs as opposed to down the hill. Why? I don't know. You have the downhill turf course. Riders love riding on it. You're using it for other races. Run down the freaking hill. I agree. Five furlongs is what we have. You want to be on the lead. Yeah. You want to be on the lead. This And it's one of those things that actually, I think it gives American runners a little bit more uh, of an advantage. I, I, I honestly feel like the sprint races are the only places where we could possibly see an American winner on the turf. So fun fact, by the way, John Piasek pointed this out on Twitter earlier today. The Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare turf at the full field, there is not a single American-bred runner in the race. There's one Canadian runner. That's it. What was it, Moira? Yes. Yeah. That's depressing. And if you need a more damning indictment of the state of the American breeding industry, I don't know where you're going to find it. I, I would have to agree. I, you know, I, I had to to write an article talking about, uh, you know, the, the weekend and I was kind of looking at the pre-entries and I was like, outside of like the juvenile turf sprint and maybe the turf sprint, I, I can't, I can't find a spot where I, I, you know, we can beat any single one of these like juggernauts that they've managed to, to send over the past few years. Uh, I want to say I was looking at it, the Beater, Breeders Cup turf the last four years in a row. Been won by a European horse. Who's the last one to win it? Bricks and mortar. Fire and will. Fire at will was the. Oh, the juvenile turf. Sorry. Yeah. Ju- sorry. Yeah. Yes. The juvenile turf. That's my bad. I said the, I said the incorrect thing, not you. Okay. Uh, yeah. Fire at will. Was the one your last your last uh, American juvenile to win, and I'm proud to say I had that one. Nice, proud to say I had that one. I I cleaned up that uh, that Breeders' Cup. It's one of the very few ones where I did so. I'm a real underdog, you know, and underdog fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. Underdog is just introduced Scorchers. Go five for five and pick them Scorchers and enjoy a spicy 100 times payout. And for a limited time, Underdog is extending the first deposit bonus up to $500. $100,000 Sundays continues on Underdog Fantasy. Ten lucky players will win $10,000 each. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $500. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. G-P-N. Also, the MMA Gambling Podcast just launched their YouTube channel. In honor, we're giving away an MMA Gambling Podcast hoodie to one lucky winner. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash MMA hoodie to submit your entry today and make sure to subscribe to the MMA Gambling Podcast on YouTube. All right, time for a rehydration interlude. 
right quick. He's three lengths behind this long shot, who's 38-1 to and has got a three-length lead coming down to the wire. Late move from Motorius is flying, coming to the finish, and it's a huge upset by Nobles over Motorius. I'm sorry I don't recognize Nobles. Did he mean Nobles? I come on. I was so I was so embarrassed for Larry Coleman. Just like just say Jockey ball, Club, you got beat. Deal got with beat. it. Yeah. Yeah. You you need to fade you need to own up to this one and to both of these nuts is what. And then and the FNX horse, both too. of these nuts as well. FNX yeah. is another all time great story. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh I like the story of the uh I one of the guys who wrote Animal House, I believe, uh bought a horse named it it's all pink told the jockey to run it exclusively on the rail in just an attempt to get the announcer at saratoga to say it's all pink on the inside yeah yeah you know what that's the funny part that's a good you know one. what you know what's funny is uh it took him like buying five or six different horses and using variations of that name until he had actually got it to happen that's amazing that's some dedication on the part of that announcer to keep things professional Pretty much until he finally just let it go. Um, one of them actually jumped the rail is the best oh. part. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go ahead. Let's talk about post positions. Uh, starting off. First up, we got the juvenile Phillies. Uh, looks like got the rail with Louis Sias up at four to one in the two hole. Jody's pride 15 to one of Flavian Pratt. Uh, we've got scalable at 20 to one. I cannot read the jockey name. Ah, yes. Jose Ortiz. The font had not been scalable from when I decided to blow it up to try to read it. I see uh, what you did there. Yeah, I, I appreciate your seeing. Uh, where's my ring? In the four hole with Vic Espinosa, 30 to 1. Omaha girl with Umberto Rispoli up at 30 to 1 in the five hole. Then we six, Chatless. The seven, Tamara. The eight, Espirit Ashante. The nine, Brightwork. The 10, Accommodate Eva. The 11, Life Talk. 12, just FYI, and the 13, Alice Beach. Instead of going all the way through all the odds, let's go ahead. You just tell me right now, is there anybody in the Juveniles Phillies turf that the odds really surprise you? Is there anyone that you think was done with the, done a disservice to with this draw? The odds surprise me a little bit in that I don't think Tamara is going to be odds on. I think she's going to be 6-5, to 7-5, to five, and she might well be the heaviest favorite on the Breeders' Cup card. I just don't think you're going to see an odds-on favorite in a 13-horse field. Now, before we go much further, I'm going to do something that a lot of people on Horse Racing Twitter and Horse Racing X aren't going to do. Making a morning line is hard. Yeah. It's not easy. And you're doing this before the post positions actually come out. You're doing this for 14 full cards. It is not easy. Nope. There are going to be some whiffs in there. And it's okay to hold people accountable. But if you're only talking about when a morning line handicapper gets something way wrong, which is going to happen, you're not telling the whole story. And you're not giving a morning line person a fair shake. Because when a morning line handicapper nails it, absolutely nails it, you know what happens on horse racing Twitter? Nothing. People complain. People complain about the chalk. Yeah. There's never any credit for a job well done as a morning line man. It is a thankless, absolutely thankless job. So I'm going to preface my comments with that in that if you are bashing a morning line, make a morning line yourself. 
because it is not easy and you need to play within mathematical constructs that aren't obvious to anybody that hasn't done it before. So that's my disclaimer before we go further, because I don't want this to be a podcast where we just rip morning lines to absolute shreds and it turns into old man yelling at cloud. That's not my game. So what I will say is, by and large, this seems about right as far as who the favorite's going to be. It's going to be Tamara. She's going to take a lot of money. As far as post-position draws are concerned, though, just FYI, did not get a good one. Going a mile and a 16th at Santa Anita, it's better than going a mile if you're far outside because you've got a couple more jumps to be able to navigate a trip. But this is a horse going two turns for the first time, and she's breaking in post-12 out of 13. That's not going to be easy. That's not saying she can't do it. She's a talented horse, but that's not going to be easy. And if you liked that horse before the field was drawn, you like her a little less now. That's fair. That is completely fair. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm definitely not going to rip on a line, especially for uh, a juvenile Philly Breeders' Cup race, because I'm sorry, all of these juvenile races end up crazy somehow if someone tells you they know who's going to win every single juvenile race they are what you call a liar (laughs) let's talk about the race that i think might be brought home by an american i've got one specific that i'm looking at it's the breeders cup juvenile turf sprint they ended up with 12 runners uh on the rail we got the one crimson advocate uh the two no name mets uh from ireland the three tiger bell also from ireland the four big ebbs Guess what? Irish. Uh, Give me the beat boys in the five hole. Hmm. Go figure. Irish. Starlust. Great Britain. I wonder if it's Northern Ireland. Probably not. Then the seven hole, we had the shards. Uh, Eight, Cherry Blossom, also an Irish horse. The nine, Amidst Waves. The 10, Valiant Force. The 11, Slider. And the 12, Committee of One. And it's probably no surprise the horse that I'm most interested in as an American horse, I think, could win this race. Drew the rail. That's not a bad thing, I don't think. Uh, Crimson Advocate, uh, a horse that actually went across the pond this summer, got a win at Ascot. Uh, and what? Co-second choice along with uh, No Name Mets in the two-hole with Irat up. Uh, what did you think of the juvenile turf sprint? You with me? Are you all USA on, on a horse like Crimson Advocate? I don't know nearly enough about the European runners in here, but I tend to side with the American runners in these shorter races. I mean, let's be honest. They carded this race so that Americans could get a win on turf at the Breeders' Cup. If we're not beating European runners in a two-year-old turf sprint, we should just pack it in and go home as a breeding industry, right? So Crimson Advocate's got a lot of talent. No Name Mets has a lot of talent. I am friends with a couple of people that own small shares of Shards, who is going to be a big price. So good luck to them. The other thing that I see in this race... The jockey of number four, Big Ebbs, who is your three-to-one morning line favorite, is a gentleman by the name of Tom Marquand, well-known international rider. According to Equibase, he has never had a mount in North America. While you were running through the field, I looked on Equibase trying to find any stats that Equibase had on him. Nothing. Really? Nothing. Good spot to make your North American debut, huh? <laughs> No, no joke. I mean, that's a, that's, I, I like where your head's at. Uh, that's something that I'm going to look at pretty intently considering the fact that, I mean, it, it's not like he 
I don't watch him win all the time in the mornings and in, in you know in the UK. It's not like I don't watch him win in the mornings in in Dubai or Bahrain or any of the other uh, you know Persian Gulf states. Uh, that's interesting. I wonder if he backflips. We might have to find out. All right. Real quick before we hit the rest of the ju- juvenile races, and in fact, just all the races, got to get a word in from the good nerds at Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets. The sports bidding, sports bidding, not bidding, folks. We're betting, putting on our big boy pants, and we're betting. And we're using this sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets. Revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users. Researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching. Start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right. Uh, and the thing I haven't said yet, uh, uh, rude and riddle, diddy dumb, diddy do. Uh, I don't know why I think of that every time I hear the words Rude and Riddle together, but that's immediately what I think. Rude and Riddle, diddy dumb, diddy do. All right, Matt. I'm sorry, Andrew is looking at me crazy. I right have now, been so. called so much worse than Matt. You have no idea. So you can call me know. Matt as many times as you want. You know what's crazy is I Matthew. It's, it's just become Matthew DeSantis being a guest is just uh just muscle. Oh, should I get uh, a beret? Should I get a tie? Should I get a chalkboard in behind me? I got to tell you, my handwriting is not as nice as his, and yeah. my speaking demeanor is not nearly as professorial because, gee, wonder what he did before going to join Naira. Hmm. Right, right, right. No, I love uh, you, buddy. I'll tell you what, his, his Naira Betts, uh, photos, like I, I tweeted at him the other day. I was like, where's, the, where's the childlike whimsy, bruh? Like what, what took all the joy out of your, your Naira Betts headshot, man? Like what, horse what racing the- tends to do that to people. Yeah, it doesn't take that long. I got to tell you, I laughed far too hard at the video of him growing grass in his yard and trying to encourage it on to become a turf course. I laughed yeah. way harder at that than any human has a right to. He is quite the auteur. Let's see if anyone in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies turf will be worth an auteur making a film about. Uh, draw the one hole, Buttercream Babe. The two, Flattery. We had the three. I believe that's Buku. Or is it Buchu? I don't know. It doesn't matter. The Silks with the three hearts. Uh, we got Lawleen in the four hole. The five, Content from Ireland. Uh, the six, Porta Fortuna, Ireland. The seven, Galibrand. The eight, Life's Inaudible for Rapoli. The nine, Carlos Way, Ireland. The 10, Austere with T-Gaff up. The 11, She she Feels Pretty with Johnny V up. The 12, Hard to Justify with Flavia and Pratt up. The 15, Dreamfire, Hector Berrios getting them out. And the 14, Le Pevot, I guess, because I feel like the French thing is to not pronounce the last syllable, but it's an Irish horse. Um... Yeah, so which one of the Euro, the Euros is going to win? Or actually, what kind of the, which Euro are you excited about? Let's say that. And then also, 
what's the highest position an American horse is going to finish in in this race? So I'm going to throw a curveball at you because I've got two of my favorite horses in training in this particular race for very different reasons. This particular Saratoga meet was a rough one for me for a couple of different reasons. The biggest gambling score that I had was on a first-time starter named Galibrand who came flying from out of the clouds at 6-1, to 7-1, to made my day, made my week. I ran second a lot at Saratoga this past year. That one was one of my best calls of the entire summer. Won a stakes race next time out. Might have bounced a little bit in the prep race leading up to the Breeders' Cup, but she's got some talent, and if she gets a pace in front of her, I think she could come running. Is it going to be for all of it? I don't know, but I do think that is a potential bomb to throw in in your second and third spots in your exactas and tries for sure. The other one is a horse that I saw debut about 20 minutes down the road at the Alameda County Fair in Pleasanton, and that is Dreamfire. I remember this vividly because I loved another horse in the field. I hated that day's favorite. I loved the second choice. The second choice ran second behind a much the best first-time starter from a barn that had not won with a first-time starter in a very, very, very long time. Unfortunately, Dreamfire got done no favors at the post-position draw. Post 13 of 14, it's going to be a tough, tough ask from out there. But that's a really cool horse that's won stakes races on both surfaces. Talented, talented filly. You know, do you know how you know someone is a man of the people? Is that they have a horse in the Breeders' Cup that they love that they watched at the Pleasanton Town Fair. Hey, um, I Seriously, Chase, if you ever get to Northern California in the summer, go to a fair track. Doesn't have to be Pleasanton. Could be Santa Rosa. Could be Ferndale, way, way up north. County fairs are like soup for the soul of a racing fan. There is so much passion in the air. I love Saratoga. I love Santa Anita. I love the tracks that are the cathedrals of this game but you can run a graded stakes race on a weekday and not hear a pin drop on and be able to hear a pin drop, excuse me, on the apron. At Pleasanton, I remember being on the other side of the building that leads out into the racetrack. It was a $2,500 claimer and the crowd was standing and roaring from start to finish. I cannot recommend that experience highly enough. I'm proud to be able to do some seminar work at the Alameda County Fair in Pleasanton every summer. Seriously, folks, if you haven't gone to a Northern California fair track, go. It's worth the experience. I'm I'm already in. I I prefer just the smaller track experience. I don't like waiting in lines. I like being able to take a leak when I need to take a leak. Things like this are just hand in hand with ghost town tracks. I'm not saying it's a ghost town, of course, but like for me. Like if it were a ghost town, I'd be completely fine with it. I love it's it. Not a ghost town. They get a big crowd, but you'd love it out here, man. I don't have what they call the social skills. Speaking of not having the social skills, probably because they're still babies. Let's talk about the FanDuel Breeders' Cup Juvenile drawing the rail. The one wine steward, the two Prince of Monaco. We've got the three wind me up the four Timberlake. The five, Echo Neo, or sorry, Ecoro Neo. The six, Locked. The seven, Cuban Thunder. Ah, yes, Cuban me. Uh, the eight, General Partner. The nine, Fiercest for Rapoli. The ten, Mooth. 
and another Rapoli horse, the 11, noted. Um, I will say, uh, I don't know who's going to win yet, but after I hit uh, Forte last year, I guarantee that I'm going to nail this race again. Uh, there you go. Because that's, that's how it works. works. I, I got to tell you, I'm surprised and I'm a little bit disappointed that you don't have back that thing up, queued up for this one. I, I think that's a real missed opportunity on your part. Something to file away for next year or maybe for later this week when you start talking about two-year-old races. Just saying. So this race has one of, I think, the big losers of the post-position draw, and that's Muth breaking out of post 10 in an 11 horse field. I'm not saying that's a death sentence, but he's got to be considerably best in order to be able to work out a trip from that far outside post against 10 other horses. He's going to need to surrender some ground going into that first turn. He is a stalking type, so he's got some tactical speed, but he's going to need a couple of horses inside of him to either go like rocket ships or not break in order to move his way over and have an ideal shot. He's four to one on the morning line. That hits me as an underlay. I think fair odds are going to be eight to one, maybe a little higher than that. And I don't think you're going to get that price simply because of the Bob Baffert factor. Could he win? Sure. But he likely knocks me out of most things if he does. Let's see what he's got. Uh, wind me up. Who's the other Bob Bath? Uh, Bob Baffert in this one. Uh, Muth. Is that right? Uh, Am I right? Am I wrong? No. Let me see. I'm getting the PPs up. It's probably Let's... wind me up. Yeah, that's the Pegram horse. Yeah, and he also has Prince of Monaco too. That's right. That's right. He's got he's got a ton of runners this weekend. He very much is is like this. Feels like the the Bob Redemption Redemption tour. Oh, and by the way. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, yeah. And if if just for the record, uh, I've also got a. Last year, I made Dan Torgman play a game called uh, "Back That Ass Up" or "Run For It," uh, where he told me based off the off the Breeders' Cup, uh, you know, results if if they uh, had a chance going forward or not. Let's get back. Let's get back to the post draws, and that was all of the juvenile races. We now move. Oh no, we gotta get the juvenile turf yep, in. Gotta get the juvenile turf. They they're 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 tripping me up. I feel like they did they change order. They changed the order this year, right? Um, I don't think so. The juvenile turf's been last a couple of years running now right. because remember, Modern Games was the very last race on a Friday and people who were decision makers could not get out of that place fast enough. Yeah, I had to uh, I had to like act as a third base coach trying to get my friends who were in the BCBC to the uh, to a uh, betting could cancel and replace like trying to find one without a line so that they could they wouldn't be uh done dirty in the tournament all right from the one hole we have the air recruit the two river tiber the three talk talk the four canned group the five my boy prince the six stay hot the seven agate or a gate road whichever you prefer live your truth the eighth unquestionable from france the nine endlessly ten filmino or Phil Minio, uh, 11, Liam's Journey, the 12, 
what they call me when I'm in Colorado, the Mountain Bear. The 13, Grand Mo the first, and the 14, Carson's Run. I know so little about the Euro shippers, which is, by the way, why we're going to have Malcolm Bamford on, on Wednesday to talk about the Euros, because he himself is a Euro. Um, that if I were playing this horizontally, basically, if you have a parentheses after your name, you'd probably be on my ticket. What do you think of this uh, this field? River Tiber is probably going to be pretty tough. You know the connections. Aiden O'Brien, Ryan Moore, the lads. They've won a lot of races here. That horse is going to take significant beating. I think he is an incredibly talented two-year-old that's won some big races overseas. Comes over here very well meant. It's not a terrible group of American turfers. Carson's run in particular does have some talent and has been getting some interest leading up to the race, but he draws the worst possible post. Post 14 in a 14 horse field. Not ideal. So River Tiber to me is probably going to be a horse that I lean on a fair bit. All right. So now we officially move to Saturday and we kick it off with the big ass fans, Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Um, my wife, who is an architect, constantly reminds me that big ass fans are a real thing. I'm like, I know they sponsor a Breeders' Cup race. This is literally the only architectural thing that I know at this point. Though you don't have to remind me. I know about the big ass fans. Um, I'm seriously hoping that she cannot hear me from where she is sitting right now, or I will have to deal with that after this episode. Let's talk about the draw. We had the one stage raider, two practical move, the three. He's a handful. Cody's Wish, the four, Zozos, the five, Charge It, the six, Skippy Longstocking, the seven, Algiers, the eight, Shirls B, and the nine, National Treasure. Worth mentioning that Saudi Crown was cross-entered uh, in the in the advanced entries uh, for the, the uh, Dirt Mile as well as the Classic. I think he would have been successful in the in the dirt mile, quite honestly. That feels like a Nick's go kind of situation with uh, with Saudi Crown. Maybe Brad Cox could have sent it out to the front to run. But there's also a ton of speed in this race. Uh, and do you really want to be the dick who messes up the Cody's Wish thing? Probably well, I, I don't think it would be a horse that messes up the Cody's Wish thing. I think it might be the two turns that messes up the Cody's wish thing. If this is a one turn mile, Cody's wish wins this from here to your house, but two turns we saw in the Whitney is not necessarily what this horse wants to do. He can potentially go a two turn mile. We saw that in the dirt mile at Keeneland last year, but that's a little different. That's a case where you were looking at a horse that, one, but wasn't necessarily dominant in doing so. And if you're going to play against a favorite, I've seen worse favorites to play against than this one. Because again, you're taking a horse that, while he can get a mile, might be a little out of his element going two turns on the ship against a decent group. Practical move came off a long layoff and looked like a world beater. If practical move steps forward at all from that race, he is a major, major player. I know my friend from on the wrong lead, Mark Capitan, is the president and sergeant at arms of the Charge It fan club. And I already pointed out on Twitter in his BCBC entry, he's going to have a sizable portion of his bankroll on Charge It in this spot. You've also got national treasure on the far outside. I find him sort of intriguing in here, cutting back to a mile. 
I wish he was going in the Classic. If you win the Preakness, you're supposed to go in the Breeders' Cup Classic at the end of the year. But that's not the fault of the connections. That's the fault of the Breeders' Cup for giving those connections the option to run here. So I can't hold against the connections too much. And if you're looking for a potential overlay coming back to his home track that may potentially outrun his odds, maybe that's where you go. I respect Cody's wish. I'll have him on some tickets, but he's nine to five on the morning line. If there's any big favorite that's going to come down off of that, it's probably him. I'm not going to say anything disparaging about Cody's wish because I'm not a monster. It's okay. I bet against (laughs) Zenyatta in the one race she lost. And as people were filing out of the Saratoga harness track, like they had just been to a funeral, I was in line waiting to cash out. And I was singing under my breath, ding dong, the witch is dead. The witch is dead. The witch is dead. (laughs) Trust me, I have no soul. And I have very good friends who are very big Zenyatta fans who every single time I will point out, Zenyatta was never getting by. Watch the gallop out, folks. <laughs> Garrett Gomez with a broken freaking arm gets blame home, and blame was never letting her pass. So I I think that that thank you for pointing out National Treasure because I honestly almost just completely skimmed by that. Uh, yeah, I mean it is interesting that National Treasure decides to make the cut back to the mile. I wonder how much having Arabian night, and I think he's got another speed ball uh, in that race played a decision into, into sending national treasure to the, uh, to the uh, uh, dirt mile, because I mean, pretty much through every race that he was in through the triple crown season, this summer into like Travers season, he was the early pace presence. Mm-hmm. So uh, pretty, pretty interesting. I guess they just don't think that he can handle the mile and a quarter. Could be. I mean, again, it is not their fault for running the horse here. I blame Breeders' Cup for giving them the option. Remember, the one horse that ran on Breeders' Cup Day in 2015 at Keeneland that could have given American Pharaoh a true test was Liam's map, who didn't run in the Classic. He ran in the Dirt Mile, set a track record that day. I'm not saying he would have beaten American Pharaoh, but Pharaoh would have needed to have his running shoes on. Who knows? I mean, we saw what Nick's go did. They, you can make the the move from the dirt mile into the classic the next year. If national treasure is still racing a year from now, that feels like the bigger long shot than anything else. If a three-year-old is still racing at four chase, what are we doing? What are we doing? What the hell are we, are we doing? We gotta, we can't talk like this. Cause no. I feel like we, we talked a lot of things into fruition on Travers Saturday. I know. And- right. My goodness. It's like our, our little bitch fest just came just to a head uh, or off air bitch fest. Um, all right, moving on. The Maker's Mark, not my favorite bourbon, but they sponsor the race. Uh, Breeders Cup, Philly and Mare Turf. Like you said, you've only got one horse that's not European and it's still kind of European because it's Canadian. The head case, Moira. This horse is going to lose a shoe. It's going to cut somebody, another horse's mane, put bubble gum on one of the starters, like shoe and shit. Like Moira, Moira is a, will act a fool. She's and the, the one, class clown for sure. That's right. The, the one we can kind of call an American horse in Italian for uh, Chad Brown. Uh, speed on the rail. That's going to be dangerous. Uh, warm heart gets the two hole. Uh, three with the moonlight for the Canadian head case. Moira. From Japan, we've got the five, Win Maryland. The six, Inspiral from Great Britain, which I kind of was just okay, Britain. The seven, Lindy 
from France, the five Fev Rover. I pronounced it French, but it's Irish. The nine Didia from Messiland. That's Argentina for you who don't understand what I'm saying. The 10 Mikulik, another one we could kind of call American as American as Chad Brown is. Uh, the 11 Lumiere Rock also from Ireland and the 12 state of Acacia. I think this is the shortest uh, turf field that we have with, four, with uh, 12 horses. Yeah. And you've got a lot of European runners shipping in a couple that we've seen before. We've seen with the moonlight a couple of different times. She's run pretty well. I'm very interested in learning more about Inspiral. One of my cardinal rules when it comes to the Breeders' Cup is you never, ever, 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 ever completely toss Frankie to Tori in a turf race on Breeders' Cup Day. You just don't do it. I understand this horse is probably going to go favored, but we've seen DeTori do this. And you also, if you, awesome. you just don't do it. You don't want to lose to them and watch him flip off the back of a horse with daisies just flying around like he's some like he's a fucking ninja turtle. Like that's that's demoralizing in addition to to losing. So I agree with you there. Yeah, it's it's a good field for sure. I will say apparently Didia has been training very, very well since shipping to Santa Anita. This is a barn that has history winning Breeders' Cup races at Santa Anita. I don't know if she's good enough to win. I would not toss her. All right, let's move it on to the PNC Bank Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint. And I think this is actually going to be a really good race, an extremely good race. You know, it takes us getting to the older female horses before the races start getting like really, really good. But drawing the one hole and your six to five favorite, good night, Olive, and the two clearly unhinged. The three, Ida, the four, Matarea, the five, Kirsten Bosch. The six, Make a Yell, uh, which I believe is a Japanese horse. The seven, Society. The eight, Three Witches. And the nine, the Speedball from the Kentucky Oaks Trail, Yaguri. Uh, Yaguri is fast. Goodnight Olive is fast. Matareya is fast. This is a fast field, and this is going to be a fun-ass race. So you mentioned three horses and you left out the one that's going to make the lead. Society Uh, fast, man. She is a very, very fast horse. And for that reason, I hate the draw for Goodnight Olive. A lot has to go right in order for her to win from the rail. That's not to say she cannot win. That is to say, if she is that morning line price of six to five, She's going to have to beat me in order to do it because that implies that she wins about as often as she loses. And I just don't think that scenario materializes. She would need a perfect trip. She would need to be able to work her way out of traffic. And that's been an issue for her earlier this year. We saw that at Churchill in May when she ran up against a couple of these horses on either the Oaks or the Derby day undercard. So I'm not saying Goodnight Olive can't win. In fact, we know she can win this particular race, but at that likely price, I very much prefer others in here. So I don't think the connections were overly thrilled with that rail draw for Goodnight Olive. I think they would have very much preferred her being outside of horses with more options. Hard to stock at that rail position. That's for sure. Let's move on to the FanDuel Breeders' Cup mile presented by the pdjf and uh i have to tell you i my mind's already made up who i'm betting here 
one of them is, I think the horse is impressive too, is uh, Malcolm Bamford, who will be on the show on Wednesday, taught me this angle, which is when you have two Godolphin horses, always bet the Godolphin horse with the white hat. They always win. In this case, that would be the that would be the six Maj at four to one with Ocean Murphy aboard. But starting at the rail, we have the one Cheryl Spates, the two Gina Romantica, the three Casa Creed, the four Win Carnelian, the five Lucky Shore, the six the aforementioned Maj, the seven Master of Foxhounds, the eight Du Jour, the nine Astronomer, the ten from Japan Songline, the eleven Kalina. The 12 exalted the 13 more than looks and who some would probably consider the more dangerous of the Godolphin entries. The 14 master of seas at seven to two at the mile distance. Do you think that master of seas maybe has done a disservice by that wide post or do you think it yes. matters at all? Yeah. 1000%. You need to be an extremely good horse to win from the 14 hole going a mile at Santa Anita with the tight turns on that turf course. Not to say he can't, but that's going to make things very tough for him. I look at this mile field. You see a lot of good horses. I see one that isn't in there that absolutely should be. Pardon me for going against Mike Rapoli and Todd Pletcher, who have won a lot of races, a lot of big races. Why isn't up to the mark in here? Who knows at this point? Here's the the thing I don't get. If up to the mark wins a Breeders' Cup race and any horse but Archangelo wins the Classic, isn't up to the mark your horse of the year? I don't know. Do they have to give a horse of the year every single year is my question. I have a vote, so you're going to lose this fight. So. Um, having said that, if up to the mark wins a grade one, he has four grade ones and a third in a fifth. The way horses are campaigned nowadays up to the mark would have, I think, had a legitimate shot at a horse of the year title with a win in a Breeders' Cup race. And I like his chances more against this group than I do against the group he lines up against in the turf going a distance he's never run before. So it would be... What three grade three grade ones? Well, if he wins, it would be four grade ones versus two, but the two would be the Belmont, and the Travers, right? I don't know. I uh, that's tough. That's tough because I feel like there are so many bad grade ones. What what grade ones did up to up to the mark win? Up to the mark won the Turf Classic, won the Manhattan, and won the uh, Turf Mile Prep at Keeneland. Okay, so those are at least pretty decent. Ones. Those are good grade ones. I don't know. Like, uh, I, I ride in zippy chippy or something if I'm you, bud. So no, there are two horses that I think have unconventional paths to horse of the year up to the mark is one of them. We'll talk about another in the breeders cup distaff when we get there, which with all due respect to John white, I think has an absolutely terrible morning line, but my takeaways in the mile are master of the seas got royally shafted at the post position draw and up to the mark should be in here. I think Archangelo. I honestly think Archangelo is the is the is the horse of the year, even with only two grade ones. Let me play contrarian, damn it. Sure, sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Okay. Well, moving on. Let's talk about uh another race that might be 
Uh, probably the best on the card. Uh, the Longines Breeders' Cup distaff. Uh, you have a, a great price on the one Hoosier Philly at the rail. Uh, two, Ah Mo Ray, another 20 to one shot. The three, pretty mischievous for Godolphin at eight to one. Idiomatic, the Judmont horse for with Florent Giroux up five to two in the four hole. The five, Adair Manor, Big Dick Juan up there with four to one. The six search results, Irad Ortiz, five to one. The seven, wet paint with the Godolphin with the white hat, 10 to one. Got randomized at six to one in the eight hole and the nine hole. Clarier, the four to one. Uh, 10, Desert Dawn with Hector Berrios up 20 to one. And the 11, Lada Vida from Chile with Vincent Chaminade up at 20 to one. Uh, it's, I mean, it's another great just once again the the fillies and mares carrying the uh the banner for good horse racing in north america past the age of three years old um i really love this field what were you what were your initial takes on the the breeders cup distaff idiomatic is a solid favorite and the rest of the morning line is a throwout uh clarier at four to one is not happening she's going to be significantly bigger than that yeah in fact I think your eight to one sixth choice on the morning line should probably be your second choice. That's pretty mischievous, pretty mischievous. Your Kentucky Oaks acorn test winner. Just saying pretty mischievous with a win in the distaff has a path to horse of the year. Who's your Philly is going to take so much money. I'm going to tell think you so? that. I really do. I, I think the people are going to chase that one really strong finish where it's going to be like, it's going to be like red route run or sorry, red route one, but uh breeders cup classic or sorry, distaff edition with, uh, yeah. with a uh, uh, Hoosier Philly. Entirely possible. I mean, but going back to pretty mischievous, this is a horse with three grade one wins, a second in the cotillion. She wins the distaff. That's four grade ones with two grade ones in all caps when you have the Oaks and the Distaff. And there is still time for her to get another one. If they want to run her against the boys, they've got the Clark and the Cigar Mile. If they want the easy grade one, go out to Santa Anita, run her in the La Brea at seven furlongs. That's five grade ones. And not a lot of other horses are going to have a resume that matches that. So I'm watching pretty mischievous pretty closely in here. I'll be very interested to see if anybody's able to go with idiomatic early. We'll see. She's going very, very well right now for Brad Cox, who is winning absolutely everything in sight right now. You mentioned the Godolphin white hat, and I'm a little bit curious about why wet paint would have the white hat over pretty mischievous. Pretty mischievous, right. Right. I don't know. I don't know. It's because it's the horse they want to win. It's the one that we should bet on is, is that's, that's how it works. Uh, that's I, I, a English person told me it's true. It's true. Hey, ask him about that. Ask him about that. Okay. I will. I will. I can't, t- I can't take my eye away from the six, seven, eight hole. Speaking of wet paint, because you have the six search results with Irad for Clarevic. You have the eight randomized with Jose for Clarevic. You got to think there are some team, tactics that are going to be at play uh in the in the distaff a little bit and with search results in the six randomized in the eight flavian pratt on wet paint in the seven uh true or false flavian pratt lives to see sunday 
true solely because wet paint is a very deep closer and it would not necessarily kill that horse if it was a little slow in the stride. Yeah, but will they kill Flavian Pratt? No, I don't think so. Oh, I hope so. If that horse had any early speed, I'd be right there with you. I just can't quite get there. I I just, I, I want, I want the Ortizes to be shitheel wrestlers so what bad. What you want is the sequel to Burrell versus Castellano, which is yeah. everybody else against the Ortiz boys. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I want that shit to go down. That All right. That is cup of Breeders' Cup that is otherwise pretty light on star power. I'll tell you that much. That's true. That is very true. Now let's talk about the Longines, uh, or me as I pronounced it for a couple of years before someone was nice enough to tell me. The Longinus Breeders' Cup turf. Longinus? Are... You called it Longinus? <laughs> no, I think I actually probably, I think I- What put... are they teaching you in these Arkansas schools, man? Oh, oh, brother, you didn't know that they those schools failed me so long ago. So, so long ago. Um, in the one hole, we've got uh, Shirar, uh from Japan. The two, Onesto or Onesto or Onesto. I like Onesto, personally. Uh, the four, Gold Phoenix. Uh, or sorry, the three, Gold Phoenix. The four, Bolshoi Ballet. Hey, remember when I had Bolshoi Ballet? Uh, the five, uh, August Rodin from ireland uh the six get smoking the seven broom the eight up to the mark the nine most the 10 adamo the 11 king of steel the 12 balladeer and the 13 our gal warlike goddess um true or false a horse with the name o'brien attached to it wins this race Solely because of strength and numbers, I'm going true, but there are some talented other horses in this field. I got to tell you, I need to tell you this. Broom was one of the worst beats of my Breeders' Cup career. Two years ago at Del Mar, opened up clear by four lengths, and a beer came and got him. I was so pissed. That sound you heard was me yelling, something I'm not going to yell over the airwaves here, but it was rough for me. That could have been a legitimate all-time day for me. I had broom everywhere at a price. So anytime I see that horse come in, I'm always going to have a little bit of a sentimental attachment because that horse ran gigantic for me that day and did everything but win. But I look at this field and just looking at the star power that this field has, up to the marks going against Bolshoi Ballet, Auguste Rodin, Mostadef, King of Steel, and Warlike Goddess, not to mention the Japanese horse on the rail. This is tough, man. It's I, tough sledding. If up to the mark wins this, I think he is absolutely your horse of the year, just because this field is miles better, I think, than the classic. I wish they'd gone in the mile with them. I think that would have been the path of least resistance. Warlike goddess from the far outside. Remember, the mile and a half is where they're going to use the downhill turf course. So it's not necessarily quite as big a negative when you have that long of a run into the stretch the first time. And she's going to take back. So don't let that scare you too much if you like her. This is a fun field. I'm going to have a lot of fun looking at the European replays and seeing what I can come up with. 
while I was on Bolshoi Ballet, hit Bolshoi Ballet on Travers Day, this is one that I'm, I'm going to be a little bit wary of. I'll have to check the PPs and verify that this is actually the case. But I, I remember thinking that we were going to have a softer turf course on Travers Day, and that's why I was on Bolshoi Ballet. It seems like that that advantage is probably going to be gone in Southern, you know, sunny Southern California. With yeah, a, up until this past winter, it hadn't rained since I think the last Breeders' Cup. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. All right. Moving on. Big one. The Breeders' Cup turf spent. Spent. Turf sprint in the one hole. Big invasion. The two. I'm surprised you're not starting with the seven. I was I was gonna I was gonna build to it. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say number seven in the program, but number one in your hearts. Uh there you number, go. that's the spirit. The number one big invasion, the two, Bradsell, the three. Caravel, uh, your winner last year, by the way. Uh, the four, Tony Ann. The five, Live in the Dream. The six, Gear Jockey. The seven, number seven on the program, but number one in your hearts. A little horse named No Balls. The eight, Aesop's Fables. The nine, Roses for Deborah. The eight, Motorious, who's the second half of our exacta uh, under No Balls. And the 11, Jasper Crone with the 12. Arzak looks like I'm not getting the same price I got on the Churchill Downs uh, turf sprint with no balls here uh, at six to one. I am going to be honest. This horse is a that horse has a fantastic chance to win this race. Breaking from a middle post, like you're not done any disservice from inside outside. You're smack dab in the middle and you are fast out of the gate. And it is a short, short sprint race. What what did you think of this one? What did you think of some of the odds, some of the entries? So this is a really fun race. Remember Santa Anita's turf sprints play very kindly to early speed. You want to be on the lead or near the lead. You don't necessarily have to be up front, but this is the ultimate race where speed does not hurt you at all whatsoever. I'll be very interested to see what price Caravel is come post time. This is a horse that two back at Saratoga never had a shot with the way that turf course was that particular day. It was soft. She clearly did not get over the turf course all that well. Then last time out, I thought it was a curious ride. She didn't make the lead. They raided her back. And it's not like she ran terribly, but she was one-paced. She needs to be in front turning for home. Can she outpace no balls? I don't know. But I think the post is actually a really good one for her. I think she's got the ability to be able to establish position on the rail and have every chance. And Chase, if this race was held six months ago, Caravel is closer to four to five than five to one. It's true, which is funny though, because the horse wins this same race last year at like 48 to one. Yes, because but there was a factor there of Golden, golden Pal. Golden Pal, yeah. yeah. So Golden, golden Pal, who absolutely walked out of the gate. Walked. Yeah. That is the ultimate they're off you lose scenario yeah. with that yeah. horse. Although Golden Pal was able to have sex for money 293 times this past year. I think he's doing okay. Yeah. Well, only two behind of Mark Capitan's record. Let's talk about the Qatar <laughs> Racing Breeders' Cup sprint. Don't you know the rules were supposed to drag Mark Capitan, <laughs> not put him on a pedestal? <laughs> I'm switching it up. I'm switching it up for Breeders' Cup. I'm. I. He's getting a different kind of stray. It's the kind of stray that builds you up. Hey, All right. He needs to get built up. BCBC BC bound, my buddy Mark. Good luck, buddy. 
Good luck. Uh, by the way, next time you get to hang out with Caleb, ask him ask him about me giving him the horse that got him qualified for the BCBC I, a couple I years ago. First, I'll need to like find something that illustrates how handsome he is, and that's always a difficult thing to do. Yeah, I just I my eyes usually tell him how handsome he is whenever I'm just. Um. All right, Qatar Racing Breeders' Cup Sprint. Not as good as the Philly and Mares sprint, but still, it's a pretty good field. I think uh, it seems like the sprints and the and the uh, distaff might be my my favorite. You know, the sprints on the turf, the distaff, and then the dirt sprints might be my favorite races so far. So let's look at the one Nakatomi, uh, the two Doctor Scheibel, the three American Theorem, the four uh, Sarah El Badoe loves this horse. Hoist the gold, the five three technique with the Louisville Cardinal. That somehow has teeth on the silks. Uh, the sixth, the chosen Vron. Uh, the seven, Speedboat Beach. The eight, Power. And the nine, Gunite. Uh, a pretty good little race you've got. Uh, anytime you see the Winchell Thoroughbreds, uh, Maroon, you know that uh, your boy Ass Man has a, has a horse in there and live, but. I mean, honestly, this feels like a little bit of a who, who, who's who, and they trimmed the fat a little bit uh, from some of the other stakes races, and they they just put together a little dream team here of of uh, older male sprinters. What'd you think? The way you referred to Steve Asmussen, I have the old Billy Gunn theme music going through my head. If you know, you know, we lasted an hour without a professional wrestling reference. Over betters, collect your money. Anyway, there we go. The one thing I want to mention about this particular race. Bob Baffert was interviewed by Joaquin Jaime earlier this morning when horses went out. Arabian Night was one of the horses that went out, and Baffert seemed okay with it. He said, yeah, he had a good work. We're pretty happy. He's been training very well. Joaquin asked about Speedboat Beach, and he said, I really liked his work. Trainer reactions are what they are. Trainers play poker. Baffert isn't one to show a ton of emotion. If he loved that work, I'm inclined to think Speedboat Beach is absolutely loaded. Now, he does have some very good horses that he's running up against. Elite Power is no joke. Gunite is no joke. The chosen Vron who breaks to the inside has gotten very, very good. Dr. Chevelle has not run a whole heck of a lot, but when he's sound, he's a handful. This is a really good field, but the more I look at Speedboat Beach, I see a horse that's able to do what he wants to do in this particular spot. Remember, they tried him in the turf sprint last year to get him away from Cave Rock, who was a very heavy favorite in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, wound up running second to the horse that you had, Forte. So, this is a horse that may have some distance limitations, but the talent is there. The potential is there and he's not going to go favored. So if you're looking for a little bit of value in this race, maybe that's where you go. You can't even overlook Nakatomi. I don't think you can't overlook hoist the gold you really can't. quickly. Since this podcast attacks some wide ranging things. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. since we are less than two months from the holiday is die hard a christmas movie is that your question what's your answer oh yeah of course thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you chase you are already very high up on my list of favorite people (laughs) you just shot up the people who say die hard is not a christmas movie baffle me 
There's a yeah. line in there. Now I have a shotgun. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, it's man. a Christmas movie. Just just because there's a, a maniacal German that has taken over a tower with a Japanese name does not mean it's not a Christmas movie. Listen. And by the way, if you haven't seen the episode of Bob's Burgers where Gene turns die. Oh, work, work hard or die trying, girl? It's yes. so good. It's my favorite Bob's Burgers episode of all time. It's so good. And when he brings out the keyboard and goes, Nakatomi, Nakatomi. I always lose it. I had, oh my god, I, I, I might have to scour my text because I had a very Bob's Burgers ass name for an establishment that I came up with uh, earlier, like a, like a, it's your funeral sort of, sort of thing. Uh, um, yeah, I, I found one of those the other day in Pleasanton. Um, there is a pet insurance company called Murphy's Paw. Murphy's Paw. Okay. Okay. That's pretty good. <laughs> that is pretty, that is pretty good. Oh, come on. No. Oh, no. I was talking to Matthew DeSantis. All right. Oh, okay. That's right. Uh, we were talking about someone being a fascist and that all in all, they were another brick in the wall. Okay. And, uh, uh, and then I was, for some reason, I called them that person a pudding withholding dick because of the song, The Wall. Uh, and I said, if I had to do it all over again, I'd go back to school and become a doctor and open a, a urology clinic called All in All, It's Just Another Dick and Some Balls. He's laughing, folks. I don't oh let my. anyone tell you he's not laughing. Oh, my. And it's going to be right, doozy right there. It's going to be right next door to the sex toy shop that I own called Yeah, That's What I'm Into. <laughs> Synergy, Andrew Champagne. How did we get here? How did we get here? I don't know, but it, it's not as classic as the Longines Breeders' Cup classic. Oh, here and, we go. In the rail, we have the potential horse of the year, Archangelo. We have the two, Zandon. Three, White Abario. The four, Miss the Cut. Five, Derma Sodagake, who I'm excited about. The six, Saudi Crown, who looks like something that Prince would wear with those silks. The seven, Layla's got him down on his knees. Clapton. The eight, Oshma Tesoro. Also from Japan, not named after a uh, skin treatment or a decisive uh, sumo move, but we'll let that go. Uh, the nine, your springboard mile winner, Senior Buscador, still knocking around. Uh, Ten, Dreamlike, the 11, Bright Future. The 12, we've talked about him a lot, but here he is, the Arabian Knight. And the 13, Proxy. I do think that Arabian Knight was hurt by this draw quite a bit because that's very wide very wide but like we said you've still got like an entire quarter horse race worth of track to to make your move before uh before that first turn you do and it's not like there's an earth-shattering amount of speed between him and saudi crown i think he's going to be able to sit a stalking trip the post is not an issue for me arabian night is your three to one morning line favorite i've got an issue with that archangelo is your seven to two second choice archangelo won the belmont and the travers he's going to be favored, especially given the public interest and the fact that Gene Antonucci is a heck of a story. He's going to draw the casual money. He's the horse that should be favored. My other big issue is the co-third choices, White Abario and Ushba Tesoro. First of all, I like Ushba Tesoro a lot in this spot. If he runs back to the Dubai World Cup, who beats him, Chase? It's hard... I think the X factor becomes Dermis Sotagake because 
we don't know what dirt what derma sodagake can do in an american race because that start was so bad in the kentucky derby and i kind of figured he'd go to the front so if he goes to the front he's going to the front with arabian night he's going to the forefront with saudi crown i think it ends up being yet another race that works really well for for archangelo it works for ushba tesora it might be just a matter of who has the cleaner trip though i'm with you that's probably the best horse in the race yeah so my thinking though is neither of those horses are going to be four to one i think both of them drift up a little bit i was hoping to get eight to one or ten to one on ushba tesoro but that was before mage was a defection and go rocket ride got hurt because both right. of those horses were going to take a pretty significant amount of money um that morning line just doesn't quite make sense to me. I am not at all fearful of the post row with Arabian night, given the extremely long run into that first turn. I think he's going to be able to sit a perfect trip either on the lead or just off the pace set by Derma Sotogake and Saudi crown. I think he is going to be in the garden spot and have every chance. I'm just not quite sure his Pacific classic is good enough, but he's been working very well. And if Bob Baffert is good at anything, it's working backwards with a big date in mind and having a horse with a full tank of yep. gas for yep. when the chips are down. So for me, Ushba Tesoro is the top pick. Arabian Nights, probably the second choice. Archangelo beat me in the Peter Pan. He beat me in the Belmont. He beat me in the Travers. He may very well beat me in the Classic, but the rail I don't think is ideal for him. It's not a deal breaker, but it is a case where He's going to take some dirt in his face. He's yeah. going to need to work out a trip. And That's he may true. very well be good enough to do that, but he's going to take a lot of money in a big field. I'll tell you what, it it is kind of unfortunate that Mage, you know, opts to to sit this one out. I I didn't I try not to pay attention to headlines at this time of the year. I know guys listen, everyone is listening. I understand the irony of what I'm about to say. But during this time of the year, I really try to tune out to like from like everybody else, like in terms of what I'm doing, like my actual handicapping, like with what me and Andrew are talking about in terms of like, you know, oh, let's get some hot takes on the on the post draws. Yeah, it's fine. But like I try to like completely toss out what what other people are telling me. So I have no idea if Mage is, is injured or why the reason for the defection. he had a temperature and the connections are actually resting him ahead of what they see as a four year old campaign, which I hope materializes because we don't see top class three year olds running back at four nearly as often as they should anymore. So credit to team mage for being able to do right by the horse and sitting this one out with eyes on some bigger prizes going forward. Considering the fact that how well he would have probably fit into the shape of this race, I, I have to, to 100% agree with you. Like good, good call doing the right thing for the horse, because if I were, I mean, honestly, for me, it'd be a little bit alluring to want to put the horse in knowing that you do have that much speed potentially out in front of a big time closer. Uh, hell, Senior Buscador is another horse that can cut. I can knew you were going to try to talk yourself into Senior Buscador. I I'm, knew I'm, that was coming. I'm not. Ta- oh, I'm just, you know, I'm spitballing here. I'm spitballing here, Andrew. Um, That's. That's it. That that those are all the post draws we've gone through every single field here. Uh, do do you have any just kind of overarching hot takes for for the day? I mean, or weekend, I guess I should say. I wish they were going down the hill for the turf sprint races. Sure, I really sure. truly do. I think it is unfortunate that the 
Breeders' Cup Classic is not the main event, but I understand why that has to happen. And anybody out there saying, the Breeders' Cup should have just gone full steam ahead with it. Look at NBC's deal to broadcast college football. Count the zeros attached to it. That's just the way things work. And if you've got a problem with that and the way horse racing is perceived, well, Mike Rapoli's starting up an agency to deal with some of that. We'll see. Good move by him, by the way, hiring Pat Cummings. That's one of the guys that you really want to have as a bedrock of that. So at a minimum, we're off to a decent start there. Having said that, though, the Breeders' Cup is always a lot of fun from a wagering perspective. There are going to be opportunities. There are some big fields signed on, and it has the potential to be a celebration of racing at its best. It's unfortunate that the Classic is, for my money, the weakest rendition of the Breeders' Cup Classic in my lifetime. And Just I think nature. that's a reflection of the Just way the nature horses. of the beast. Just it's the nature a, of the beast right it's now. It's a reflection of the way horses are bred and campaigned right now. I mean, if you look at this race, I saw a tweet a couple of days ago with Mage defecting. The only runner from the Kentucky Derby to run in the Breeders' Cup Classic six months later. Dermis Sotogake. Dermis Sotogake, who hasn't run since. What does that tell you? Yeah, but that horse has trained every single day, maybe That's even multiple true, times. But I'm just saying you got true. 19 other horses in that field. Mage fell by the wayside. Two fills fell by the wayside. Angel of Empire and Disarm fell by the wayside. The list goes on and on. It's damning. And I think the, the fact that Dermasodagake is in it tells me that there are some Japanese trainers who smell blood in the water. As they should. Mm-hmm. When White Abario is the best older horse we have, yeah, it's down here. And that's no disrespect to White Abario, but if that's the best we've got going a mile and a quarter of the older horse crop, we've got some slow older horses. Let's man. let's let's talk White Abario here. And I okay. I'm so I'm about to get uh, like I'm so excited about what's probably coming down the pipe here uh, that I had to like grab the the microphone arm so I could really just be braced in. Uh, I mean, you're, are you here for Rick Dutro coming off of a decade long suspension and winning the, the BC classic with a horse that he takes, uh, takes possession of late. I've seen weirder things happen, it's true. but the thing that gets me is over the last month or so, he's had some issues with scheduling of works. And if it was one work that needed to be moved, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. It's been a couple. And that to me is a red flag form from Saratoga has not necessarily traveled elsewhere, which is not an admission that I like making. But when you consider how much rain fell over Saratoga and that it fundamentally changed the track fair, that form isn't always going to travel at his likely price. He hits me as an underlay. If he wins, I will tip my cap and I will move on but he will likely shatter all of my tickets if he does. What is the horse that wins that you cannot live with? That that just, you you have to, I've had this recently, you know, over the last few years in Breeders' Cup and, and Triple Crown races where I just have to stand up and start swearing at a horse before it even crosses the finish line when I realize it's going to win because I hate the either the connections or, or the trainer or whatever so much. Like, who's the who, what's the horse in here and you don't have to tell us say if it's because someone i know 
you could be political. You'd be PC about it. You could just say it's okay to hate horses just for the sake of hating horses. Uh, who who here just crushes your your self esteem if they win and you hate in the it so classic much? or elsewhere in the classic? Okay, in the classic it, itself crushes my self esteem in that I could not have possibly seen the horse. Uh, you couldn't have possibly seen the horse, or to you, it just feels like the worst possible outcome. Well, I can't go worst possible outcome because the worst possible outcome is what happened in the classic four years ago, repeating itself, where Mongolian groom went down and that had to fall over everything else. What That's I fair. I probably is, could have thought about those words a little bit better. Well, Good point. What I will say is if Zandon wins, I lose because that is a horse that is probably a dream to own. If you send Zandon out, he's going to run second, third, or fourth, get you a big check, cover his training expenses, cover his vet bills. Mm -hmm. He's going to get a stud deal somewhere. He's going to cover a bunch of mares. He doesn't win. And the one time he did win was in the Woodward, which was very, very bad this year. Yeah. And I know there are going to be sharp people who say, oh, the pace is going to be pretty fast. Zandon's going to be able to set up a rally. No, no, Z- Zandon's going to be able to finish second or third. Right. I can't see Zandon on top. If Zandon winds up rallying past the early speed horses at the top of the stretch and pulls away, that's my throw everything horse. There we go. There we go. That's what. That's all I wanted was your throw everything. <laughs> there we go. We got there. <laughs> we got there. All right. That's going to do it for us here at the Notorious OTB. Like I said, we've got shows every single day this week. Tomorrow, uh, we've got Jessica Tugwell, our, our resident pedigree expert, dropping in to tell us who are the two-year-olds that you have to watch this Friday, Future Stars Friday, and then Wednesday. Uh, I will be on the Sports Gambling Podcast, but I will also have Malcolm Bamford of Sports Gambling Podcast Network fame here with me to talk about Zioros on Thursday, me, and Barry Spears are going to play the Friday card with a $10,000 budget. Okay. Well, all right. I'm stopping you right here. Uh, oh, okay. We oh, have had ahead. a conversation about this in our yeah. Twitter XDMs. It's true. This is true. Do you think you are betraying the common man by playing with a $10,000 bankroll? I mean, the common man also plays home run derby with a tennis ball. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's that, it's that sort of thing. It's like, uh, you know, it's really, I mean, I'm not really hitting the ball out of the park, but I'm just smashing this tennis ball over a couple of the neighbor's houses. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, I just, just as long as Hercules isn't on the other side of the fence, Sandlot for the win. Boom. (laughs) Boom. The look at him just coming in here, kissing my windy peppercorn. That's going to do it for us here on the show. We will see you next time. Thank you again to Andrew Champagne for joining me. We will see you tomorrow. We're out.